Now we're actually recording, but... Okay. Let me... Hello and welcome. Oh, no. I'm going to do the date first, actually. I like that. (laughs) Hello, it is... One, two... Hello, it is Tuesday, March 29th, 5.36 p.m., and I am... uh, Wait, no. Nope. We need to say the name of the show, then I can say me, then you can say you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it is Tuesday, March 29th, 5.36... I think you should leave that in, actually. (laughs) And I'm gonna leave this in too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's it's uh, it fits the tone of our show. <sighs> okay. Hello. It is Tuesday, March 29th, five thirty-six p.m. And I am nope. I'm Brian, and this is Reality <laughs> Issues, and 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 Kathy is here also. Hello, Kathy. Hi, I'm here, and it is three thirty-six where I am. I'm glad that I reported but time that. Time so. isn't real. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, yes, that's right. It's three thirty-six, and yeah, okay. That's now that we've done a tremendously realistic intro that you know that we didn't even do another take of. Um, we can get into things. <laughs> uh, um, should we begin with just like what we've been watching lately? Uh, do you think that's a good idea? Yeah, let's start with that. Um, so i I haven't really been able to see much. I've okay. I've, I've had a hell of a week. Yeah, me too. Um, but I've been I've been thinking a lot about this, which is you know, like I like to retreat into my imagination instead of reality. Yes, so, you know. yes, I've been doing this as well, and it's it, it's been working for me. I'm I'm going to tell you, and thinking about the show has been working for me, so I'm I'm happy about that. So uh, something that I've seen recently is I started watching a little bit more of the Kardashians. I started kind of going back to, um, the slot sort of like where I was went back a few episodes to kind of like refresh my memory. And I'm really in this very interesting spot. I'm surprised I left it off because there's a lot of things happening. We're talking about Rob having like body issues, which is like a really interesting thing for the time because it's like 2014, which I think is before, you know, a lot of like male aspects of body issues were being brought up, at least in media. Um, Mm -hmm. And I found that to be incredibly interesting. But it's really a, 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 a middle point in everyone's lives. We're talking about the episodes where... Um. Uh, what season number is this? This is nine. This so I was watching okay. se- for the, for the viewer. I was watching season nine, episode nine. Um, it's yeah, twenty fourteen, and this is the episode where Bruce has decided at this moment in time. Bruce has decided to um, move permanently into the Malibu estate, and he will live there full time. And then maybe I think one of the girls is going to come live with them because they haven't like got out of school yet. And then that's it. Then the Chris and, and, and Bruce at that time, you know, that's it. Their relationship is over. And like, it is, I have to say like as a viewer that just like even leading up to that, remember like having seen that episode and just like leading up to it, I was like, damn, like everything is just falling apart, but you're only in the middle of the story and everything builds up and becomes much better in its own way. And I just, uh, I don't know. I, I found myself re-entranced months later, right back in as if no time had passed at all. So yes, retreating into, uh, <laughs> retreating into reality as it were, uh, definitely has been working for me. The hypnagogic state achieved. So, so that what's really interesting about that to me is, um, 
the way you were describing about like all the like all this time has gone by that you haven't watched any episodes and then you just like picked right back up and it's funny because like that's that that's how I talk about like friends that I don't see in some time right like <laughs> yeah. oh I have a yeah. buddy who lives in Australia and yet right if yeah. we were to like be in the same room right now we would pick up exactly where we left yeah. off yeah exactly right like it's... like as if no time had gone by at all so yeah and there's um, there's definitely an interesting version of that that happens with online relationships too from time to time you'll not speak to someone for two years you'll see their avatar pop up someone here will be like oh my god you're this person from that place that's insane i can't believe this <laughs> like yeah where have you been yeah, wh- yeah what have you been doing since you left this place yeah exactly hmm makes you think makes yeah, me makes, think <laughs> anyway <laughs> makes one thing <laughs> makes one think <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, I've also been watching a bunch of uh, hip hop evolution, which I think is absolutely worth seeing. Oh, uh, okay. No, go ahead. Go I'll, ahead. I'll go ahead. ahead. Yes. I, just, uh, I, just, I just had a light bulb <laughs> thing. Go on. Hip hop evolution ahead. is uh, really, really incredible. And if you go, if you've watched the recent three part Kanye documentary by the, the documentarian, well, and hip hop artist uh, Cootie, he's incredible. Go look up, just watch it for Batman. Watch it for him making that story and living that life with Kanye for a bunch of years and like being essentially dragged around by Kanye. It's really, it's a fascinating tale. Um, and he has a very interesting perspective on life, which was really my most favorite part. But it fits very keenly into hip-hop evolution, especially the first couple seasons and the time periods that they, they cover. They covered like the 70s and the 80s, and there's a lot of characters that pop up in that Kanye documentary that you have tons of context for watching this. But also, like, as they get into the 2000s and you see, um, you know, Love, as his name is now, or Diddy, uh, and you t- see him relating with, like, Biggie and Tupac and you see like the relationships that these people have you really realize what they are is like and much like Kanye fits into this and was the first person to make me think about it was that they're in they are they are business owners and they are developers in a world that they have created and they've had to create this entire world um inside a genre of music branded and umbrellaed under a genre of music which is like I had never thought about it that way until watching it like that, but it was like uh, depressing and inspiring and, and, and just completely flipped the way that I look at the world of hip hop as a community, the people who create it and the fans and everything. I, it just changed the way that I see everything about it. I already appreciated it and loved it, but now I appreciate it so and love in it in my, a new like, way. So in my stream of consciousness, like the thing that I thought of immediately were apple bottom jeans. <laughs> Well, there's a huge uh, connection between all that stuff. They found that out in the in the early '90s that they could actually, um, like, hip hop artists figured out that they cr- could create their own brands instead of actually using other brands and actually achieve what they really wanted that way and have mass appeal and attention on their music through other venues too. And then you get you know other kinds of people listening and looking at your products because then all of a sudden people are reading fashion magazines or also like listening to your music. And that creates a whole different, for every artist, that creates a whole different world when, you know, I don't know, people who are into perfumes at the mall now know about, you know, an art, a music artist. Even that is like a, a dynamic um, that I've only recently been really kind of thinking about through looking at every single hip hop artist really as like a self-made business person. Um, and uh, and uh, hmm. it's blowing my mind, really. Um, reanalyzing kind of, or just musicians in general, bands as like. Uh, Have you seen those Rihanna fashion shows? 
Uh, I only clips, but I've never seen uh, like the full. Oh, I mean, they're amazing. I know they put them on like I, I Amazon mean, Prime, even right? Yeah, there's like three of them now. Yeah, right? I should go back and look at those because it's like three seasons of uh, you know amazing outfits or other, whatever. Other people have actually encouraged me to t- to do that, so I should definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, so like, right? Because it's like it's I think like the apotheosis of what you just fucking described, right? Yeah. So like. It's 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 Rihanna saying, hey, I've made this like lingerie line, but I'm going to get like the most amazing choreographers, the most amazing models, the most amazing singers, you know, actors and actor and, you know, who are all my friends. And they're all going to, you know, we're all going to be supermodels. You know, we're all going to parade around the stage and we're selling clothes the entire time. But, yeah. you know, you're getting like a show. Right. Yeah, so yeah. like. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, it feels like, like, uh, it feels like not that different from like the fucking, uh, Ron Popeil food dehydrator. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally just, and, and that fits in perfectly how infomercials, much like, uh, fashion runway shows are really like, uh, performance art in a way, like, uh, filmed performance art for the course of the infomercial. But realistically, I mean, you're going to see a bunch of video of the runway shows too. So for all time as well. Um, it, Yeah. Uh, Victoria's it, Secret, right? The fucking their yeah, runway show. I mean, exactly. that's really just QVC. It's a huge performance. Yeah, or even yeah. It's <laughs> it's funny to think about. Really, the Grammys and the Oscars are just infomercials for movies and television shows, or, or rather, well, television shows. That was shows like with their the whole Emmys. deal, really. I mean, I don't even think it was really actually to honor, like. Oh, look at our talent. I think it was like, look, they're all in this MGM vehicle. Yeah, look, you know, we made movies whatever. that had like uh, art- artistic creativeness that you guys didn't go see, you f- filthy movie viewers. You didn't go see our good movies. You went and saw our trash that we made for you. That's probably it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have a pretty good feeling that's what it was. Now that you said, I've never even considered that. But Oh, that's definitely what it is. Well, I mean, you know, and not to be all like insert Marxist theory here, anti-capitalist rant, but you know, pretend it's there, mm-hmm. right? Because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard it. Thank you, thank you. It's <laughs> all I do. It's all I do all day. So <laughs> I don't want to have to do it again. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Anyway, like uh, that is kind of interesting. Because, like, 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 you know, kind of to bring it back to, again, my favorite reality show, I Love Lucy, right? Like, she has those moments where she's like, oh, I want to be the advertising girl for Vitamita Vegemin, and you kind of, like, wish it were a real product, you know? Yeah. But I did, anyway. I know that I know that there's a company in this world, more than one, that wishes that there, the candy factory that she worked in was real, and that had, like, a name, so, or that was a product that someone could buy, so... Or that they could go yeah, back and change those, it into well, a real well, product. I mean, we call those Wonka bars, right? Right. Like, yeah. Those are like, real. Like yeah, those, exactly. Those are like Turned, a thing. That's like a real brand now. A book into a movie and then a little bit later into like, yeah, a candy brand. Insane. How does Roald Dahl feel about Wonka bars? Like the well, real thing. How does this estate feel about it is the question. I bet you they're really <laughs> yeah. happy. I'm sure they're fucking thrilled, right? <laughs> uh would it be cheapening his art? Like, would he say some shit like that? I think that every artist at some point has to come to understand that um, you have to survive. And you know, people that, depending, you have to survive. Or even if you don't believe that, you're, you would have to come to, at some point to realize that your art is worth something. 
Um, would you want a chocolate bar after you? I would want a chocolate bar after me. I would want like, a chocolate yeah, okay. bar, yes. I would want a chocolate bar where uh, you buy a chocolate bar and they give a chocolate bar to someone who wants a chocolate bar. There you go. That's what I want. Um, that would be my themed chocolate bar. Oh. <laughs> it demands an action of you. There's a call to action. Mine would on the bar. just have toffee in it. That's it. That, that's. I also realize I've just invented the Twix. I've literally process. invented the Twix. They market the Twix as you giving the other half of it to someone. So like, there. I've already that that they've just planted that in my head, and I've created a product that exists. Yeah. See. <laughs> Yeah, there is nothing new under the sun, right? Exactly, yes. They, yeah, the candy makers crack that one. And I guess maybe that that's what this whole concept of reality is all about, right? That, like, I mean, yeah. how different can it really be, right? Like, celebs, they're just like us. Yeah, there's only a finite amount of moods. There's only a finite amount of ideas. That's why there's only, like, three books and seven movies, and there's all just different flavors on those things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's why there's only like one reality show or two, maybe. There's yeah, like the competition like, reality show and then there's the non-competition reality show. That's yeah, all there is, really. Yeah. And sometimes those are the same thing. <laughs> anyway. Well, but I feel like almost, well, I guess that's true. But I mean, they, I feel like even the non-competition reality shows tend to start to gamify everything. Oh, right? yeah. Like, have you seen like the, so like I also like, okay, so I love Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, also to like the, the concepts of reality where they're like, oh, we've had this thing in our family for like eight million generations. And then like, womp, womp, it's a fake. And then, the, of course, the other side of the coin where it's like, I picked this up at a yard sale for a quarter and it's actually, you know, worth like three million dollars or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but they gamify that even. Right. Because like now if you watch like an old episode, they'll be like. The 1990 price is, you know, and then it'll show you like, here's what it is in 2010 or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, the, they and I assume now they're fucked up. They're, actually, they're probably like I remember they used to come to Albuquerque and they would go to like a convention center or something, and then they would like you know they would put it in the paper like, hey, the Antiques Roadshow is coming to town. I saw and like, they're probably a few times. like all undervaluing everything that's here. Oh well, <laughs> it's like a home appraisal. <laughs> Just that's that's a. <laughs> That's really that's a funny thought. They're like, hmm, no, I'm not going to pay that. And then they bring it to like you know Christie's or something, and then they. <laughs> um, it's a racket. It's it's probably like why like uh, like all this money is being laundered here. Like I don't think it's that we actually have an art market. Oh, that's exactly what that is, though. I know what it. Yeah, that art. Well, we can. I'd like to set aside some time in the world for us to talk about. Because that is a real thing that I thought about a lot while I was there and um, saw it in front of my own eyes, basically. So, um, I mean, I mean, speaking of like these like weird like senses of reality, even like here, right? Like, I mean, we we brought up the Western the other day in in private conversation. Yeah. Um, like like I I think a lot about the like fakeness of a city like this right like the Adobe IHOP which is again my favorite building in town the Target's pretty good too <laughs> yeah the Adobe Target yeah like I like I've been waiting for our McDonald's to show up on the non-standard McDonald's yeah account. I actually when it first opened I actually like yelled at that account I was like hey you know this one over here I like put like a screenshot of the Google Maps I was like I promise you this one exists like this is one of them. <laughs> we have like three of them now yeah you know I'll, the, and i wish like one of them was like territorial style or something but it's not like a one like an old west hamburger <laughs> that's that sounds delicious 
Uh, what would what right. would be on the Old West hamburger? Um, dis- disease. Um. <laughs> yeah, soap. <laughs> it's like as a treat. Yeah. <laughs> a few extra dry pieces of meat because there's no more fresh meat. They ran out. Um, Firewood. It's part some char some char like from the sm- some char from the fire it was cooked on. Oh. Well, obviously out here they would it would also have green chili, but why why would you go get a green chili cheeseburger at McDonald's when Blake's is right there? That's yeah, I mean, and also why? like in many cases like literally across the street, like I feel. Um, yeah, yeah, just, mm. yeah. Have I? Oh, so like so? I mean, I don't know. I guess it's it's not totally related, but I feel like it like it contributes to this sense of like non-reality with which we actually exist in the world which is that like mcdonald's all taste and look the same for the most part right yes, like we have to even why like there's a non-standard mcdonald's account right it's like the they're the exceptions proving the rule that otherwise they look all the fucking same yes and all humans by default uh, by a certain age globally seemingly know this appearance and that's 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 a thing in itself. That means like every human being virtually that has access to roads <laughs> has access to um, uh, the same kind of space all within our brains. Like we all know that space. Like you could you could walk up to someone and be like, picture an apple, and they'd be like, all right, and you could be like, picture a McDonald's, and they'd be like, I'm there. <laughs> and that that's yeah. branding on a degree that I wow, that's like buried deep in everyone. The taste, and, and it's like know. it's like it's 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 like a creation of our reality because they're mediating reality for us, right? I mean, like yeah. it, like that's also true about like the IKEA, right? They go the way they fucking want you to go, like and yeah, those little shortcuts are there, but no one's really using them. And think about all the intermediary changes. Just thinking about now about the taste experience at McDonald's. Think about all the intermediary changes in the actual like adulteration of the food, not adulterant and like the Ill- illegal outlawed adulterant, but like the ways that they might change the recipe to then fit the flavor profile that they, that is expected by like their official taste testing staff that has like this mind space of like nailing what a product is supposed to be, and then we're trusting these people to then decide and then adjust the formula of the food essentially that we're eating as if it was the same burger that we had in 1985 um which obviously it can't be that that that's not true (laughs) but it tastes the same i mean unless it's like twinkies and it actually does last that long right well i mean (laughs) what would morgan spurlock say right Uh, he would remind us that they have their own farms and potato fields and all that (laughs) so their cycle is closed so that their stuff doesn't even touch the rest of the world which means that even when we're starving mcdonald's will still provide food for us i believe that's what he would remind us of See, like, I mean, he gamified reality, too, right? Like, I yeah. mean, he made a game, essentially, out of... He could have just made a documentary about how fucked up McDonald's was, and instead he's like, watch me go through this punishment of myself. Yeah, and he got nominated oh. for an Oscar for it. Uh, did I mention to you that the newest selection, the, the new police chief here in the city of Santa Fe... Yeah. ...is a former competitor on American Ninja Warrior... I completely believe that. That makes total sense to me. Um, Oh, it's true. I am currently (laughs) trying to find the exact episode of American Ninja Warrior. Does this person have a name? Does this... 
His name is Paul Joy. Okay, and, Paul Joy. Uh, well. Paul Joy or Peter Joy? Let me, I, whatever. Well, it's either one way. Of those, well, uh, my apologies to the incoming police chief. We will later um, discuss. We'll, we'll separately view clips, and if anyone wishes to talk about the clips, we can talk about the clips at that time. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying I need to find this one exact episode of American Ninja Warrior. I don't know what season or episode it is, but it was like I have the exact date. I have to go. I have to do research in order to find it, you know, and then yeah. I'll have to yeah. download it legally oh, well, online somewhere. Yes, very legally. Ex- uh, extra legally. Well, <laughs> it'll be mm-hmm. downloaded. Nothing but streaming services as they mediate my viewing habits. That's you right. Know? And uh, if you want, right, if you that. if you want to watch episode nine of season nine of the Keeping Up with the Kardashians, you can view that on Hulu. <laughs> Unpaid. Um, Hashtag spawn. How long yeah, will it take? Right. How long will it take until this show gets sponsored by someone providing reality content, and we are completely corrupted? Holy shit! How long is it until How long is it until Bravo like, or like Time Magazine or something buys this podcast and then they own like something with a reality show and then we can't talk about those reality shows? <laughs> no, then 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 we're compromised. Then, you know, no, this is just our audition, audition for the soup. That's yes, all this is. actually, that's what this is. You're right. I agree. E Network, if you're listening to me, I will I will willingly commit ten years of my life to your company. Um, that's a bet. And I've been practicing and training my entire life for this, really. I've been watching television and consuming media my whole life. I haven't done much else. Had a job for a little while, but really, I'm just really cracking it at this. So if you give me this job, it'll be great. I'll do a great job. And yeah, I know Kathy and, will too. Like, and I may, yeah, and I may not have like a lot of followers, but like I have like really top tier choice followers. I'm like a comedian's comedian. It's true. You'd be getting, you'd be getting like like Norma McDonald is what you'd be getting. Exactly. With me, and, and for the record, at E Network, the reason that I only have like you know 300 and however many followers is because I've been actively blocking people my entire Twitter career in order to keep my profile low. And if you think that's a joke, I can prove that that's not. <laughs> Um, no, I've, I've, I, I, when, when, like in the in the rise of of of, of weird Twitter, in those halcyon days when oh, we yeah. were all such such innocents. Yeah, you could get a, you could get um, like a contract job off a couple funny tweets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I blocked every bot that followed me. Every single yeah, me one. Me too. So like I never got the inflated numbers, and I'm like, no, actually, this makes me feel good. This I like this much better. Yeah. Because like now I see people with like you know huge audiences, and like they just they just say anything, and their fucking replies are a mess. Yeah. It's, like there's no like um, a lot of people don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe this is like the old school poster mentality, but I think a lot of people now follow it who are much younger. So I don't want to necessarily state that, but I'll say that's how probably I arrived here. Is that. I have in my mind when I post, and this is kind of getting into the reality world. Like I have in my mind when I post, me, uh, I have myself, I have like the real me, right? I have like the character of the day. I have like all these different layers of things going on. None of them are really like me. And the only really me is me talking to you right now. But like you're here. I'm really you. I'm really me right now. (laughs) So that's great. Uh, but Wait, I'm me? I'm myself. You are you. And I'm talking about the seven layers, basically, of how you post online. But I would say, though, that I think that way when I post. But I don't know if a lot of people, I think a lot of people have, like, um, I don't know if hmm, new audiences to the Internet may not have discovered the idea or the value of mediating your 
what is online about you or not, or like not making up things about yourself or not saying, you know, I don't know, curating an online presence. It's a lifelong project. Well, um, like, so what's funny is that, like, I mean, I've always used Twitter more or less as like my diary, mm-hmm. which is actually, you know, which is fine. It was like my life journal, oh, except yeah. I, you know, not, I, I didn't, I didn't have the patience or, um, I don't know. I, I I didn't write that much. I was I was more like an aphoristic diarist, hmm. um, and uh, yeah. So like that that shit really fit for me. And so like I, I I do know that when I was in LA, like I think the only concept of confidentiality I tried to maintain was that I worked at a school and like I was around minors. And so like I never I never talked about the exact location I worked. I just Mm. always was like, I'm a teacher somewhere, but see, like, that's the thing. Like that city is so fucking huge, right? Like that could be anywhere. It could be, it could, yeah, it's not specific information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, other than that, like it, like I was, you know, I, like, I think I was very real. Um, I think it, I think it like, I, I feel like that's even like a kind of a bigger philosophical question about, whether anonymity is real or fake, right? Because like anonymity is real. Like in fact, I feel like if I had if I had had my actual name, if I had right now my actual name next to uh, my profile, I, I I don't think you'd be reading any of the shit that I say now. Hmm. You know, like it would be much more interesting. It would, but it would be much more of a bonsai tree, right? Like much more like. Truly, what am I allowing you to see? But yeah, like, you're right. Like the, the by, you're saying I, little I cartoon or whatever. Yeah, you you're know? saying like the byline. If the byline was your actual Kathy, then um, yeah. then what would the difference be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I, so I'm thinking now personally, like for myself, like if I was if I was really like Brian in there, and that was me. Yeah, I would I would write something totally different. And, and that's the thing is I don't really want to create that. I want to create ever I want to deliver all the things that I can deliver, not just the things that I can deliver as myself, which is why I like to switch it up. Um and uh pr- however, still providing a consistent character yeah. and curating a list of people that I've known for a very long time and that they know me and that we feel like we know each other in a real way because it's been like literally a decade. Um uh-huh. and so and we've you know, some of us know each other in person. So uh, that kind of network is really fascinating. It's kind of like um, building a professional network, but for like no reason. It's like building like uh, it's it's it's. Um, I don't know how it it just kind of happened to everyone. I think, but we all have the other people that we know in this world, especially online. You know, for me, it started with my original online community, which was well, probably my second online community. I guess which was like something awful. That's where I started out in like two thousand three, two. 2002, maybe one. Never heard of it. Lurking. Of course not. Never. And I wouldn't want you to admit to something that you wouldn't want to admit to. But let's say (laughs) this. I was on there for a long time. I posted for a long time. I have a record. It's all associated with everything that I do. Um, Still linked up and whatever. Like, you know, I post about it. I post old posts and stuff. Every once in a while I do. And so, you know, when you see me, like, posting things about, like, Sean Smith, like the guy from Benghazi or whatever, like, when I'm posting things like that, 
Um, like, I know that world, but that's like uh, one slice of me, and that's like the old me. That's not who I am. I don't even like posting that website, except for like once every once in a while to make fun of someone who said something insane on the website. So I don't even, I don't know. That's not who I am anymore, but that is a community of people that had, that made the original jump with me at the very, very beginning, the FIAD crew and all those people, like the BYOB people. That's probably the thread of people that initially followed me, um, followed me like on Twitter were probably BYOB people if I can imagine. So whoever those people at the bottom of my list, those people are guilty of being uh, on, on the site too. On, out, all well, I mean, like, is it, isn't that even like, like, you know, like, the, so there's always these like conversations about like the internet isn't real or whatever, but like, it's, oh, it's, it's completely, like, yeah. it, it's completely, one, it's like completely real. It's like, it's, it's like both, right? It's like, it's like completely Actually, fake. Yeah. Right. But, but like, yeah, yeah. but like, it, it feels like that's part of the like challenge of curating, like, one like an online presence that like or any kind of presence that i think matters right is like yeah. well how real are you though right yeah. like i don't know like i like like this is this is this like again this like weird obsession of like breaking the wall or like you know breaking this fourth wall or how, how do you really learn who someone is and it's like well because because at the end of the day even with a bot there's someone right behind the computer mm-hmm. right like like a bot is just like you know one of a thousand accounts that I control, but there's still someone there. Like yeah, maybe you let them out into the wild or whatever. But like I, I don't know. Like even the real people are all people, right? There is indeed someone behind. You know, there is a person behind the computer screen, as Twitter wants to remind us. Yes. Right. It's just that like we've made decisions of like yeah, but that one's an asshole. So like fuck him you know exactly. like so i'm gonna tell him to like you know kick rocks or whatever <laughs> exactly um, yeah but then but then right this is what winds up, again what winds up happening just even like with facebook right it's like it becomes a way of like i don't want to say vetting someone but it's like it's, it becomes a way of verifying someone like you don't need a check mark next to someone name someone's name to verify them right like yes you can be like okay like that's an actor they're on tv i guess i'll assume that they're real I guess to the extent that I'll ever be able to know that Charlize Theron is like a real human being and not just like a figment of my beautiful imagination, right? Like, uh, or, or are we? Um, I know exactly. Or are we to right. assume? Are we, there's also the other uh, layer right on top, just to split into that, which is that a lot of famous people have other people post for them too, which is creates a split reality. So even if it really looks like it's them posting, a lot of times they have ghost. Uh, so I don't want to say I hate saying rhyme words that rhyme ghost posting. Ghost posting. I don't. I don't. Like I love that it. Word. That sounds great. Well, that's what that's a real thing. Also, if boom. if any celebrities out there, anyone of note, anyone, I would write those ghost posts. I would write twenty a day for you. I wouldn't. You I wouldn't do that. I would do that. I would Sorry. argue. I would argue with accounts that I know it would be perfect. It'd be like playing a. The house always wins in this scenario. That's what I'm saying. Do you see that? Do you see that one of the recent NFT hacks was that somebody just hacked a verified account and was like, "Hey, I'm a verified <laughs> account that just got into NFTs." Yeah, it's, it feels. It sounds a lot like what happened to that episode of Jimmy Fallon when he had Paris Hilton on there. No offense, to Paris Hilton. I know that you're you're doing whatever you can. I give you no flack for that at all. Get every dollar that you can from that world. And Jimmy Fallon, I know you're just taking a bunch of money from a bunch of boneheads, but you are pawning it off on your audience, and that's not cool. So. Um, but that that presentation, that video looked like it was uh, what you just described. So, 
Well, that's what happened, yeah. basically, right? I mean, <laughs> they got hijacked because, like, because it still goes back to like everything is an advertisement. Yeah, right. Why does anybody go on Jimmy Kimmel unless they're there to announce their new, their new movie, their new album? You know, maybe on rare occasion, a new book. <laughs> How but many like, pe- do people still make books? Else there? People still make books. Like, look, like, look. I'm just saying that, like. <laughs> You know, 2022's Gore Vidal is not making appearances no. on fucking Jimmy Kimmel. No, right? uh, Mikhail like, Gorbachev is not going on, uh, you know, Ma- what is Letterman today? I don't, who replaced? I don't even know. Like, they're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it just got sad. It just got... Oh. Like, even C-SPAN isn't as smart as it used to be, you know, like. <laughs> Oh yeah, Book TV. No, Book TV still exists. I I, I haven't tuned into C-SPAN recently, but I used to love to 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 tap into that every once in a while and just see the raw meat. It's bad. It's rotten. Yeah, uh, no, it's rough out there. It's really rough out there. I think. Uh, did you ever? Um, uh, quick, quick diversion. Did you ever watch Max Headroom mm-hmm. in the eighties or the you know the the it was on MTV for a while as well. No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, like, I'm familiar with the phenomenon. Okay. Yeah. There was also, like, I, I don't think I ever really watched the show, but, like, yeah, it's- he also, like, he also was selling Coke, right? Like, not, like, Coca-Cola products or some kind of a beverage. Max Headroom? Yeah. Yeah, Max Headroom. Yes, he was a beverage. Like in ads. Yeah, he was, yeah, he sold, ad- he, he was a spokesperson for MTV for three or four years, um, and yeah, the guy's name is Elliot. Uh, well, I can't remember it right now off the top of my head, but um, that show had a concept in it called Blipverts, which I thought was really interesting. I think it was like the first or second episode. There's only like 13 episodes of this show, but it was a, a tremendously forethinking show about basically a TV network that becomes so big it runs the world, or a media company that's so big it runs the world. And uh, your main character is like uh, a reporter, a journalist essentially, but he's like. Uh, kind of like one of the last people at the company who like has the ability to like affect any change or wants to try to change anything about it. And uh, he discovers uh, blipverts, which are advertisements being essentially beamed directly into people's heads through television. Like you see, essentially they show on the, on the TV show, like something that would give someone like a an epileptic issue, which I feel comfortable speaking about since I suffer from that. But um, that is exactly what it was to look like. And it was meant to basically have people go around and like talk about products, which is totally crazy um, all the time to essentially program them directly as if they were like a bot going around. And the idea was they were supposed to talk about the product and then they were supposed to eventually like not talk, you know, they were supposed to wear off or whatever. Uh, it, it ends up like destroying people's minds in a very literal way. At some point it like blows up people's heads. And um, I, I just keep thinking about this, uh, that concept of the blipvert, and eventually, the, the, there's more episodes of the show, and the company continues to exist. So you can guess the ending is very dark, and it's like, well, we'll just shelf that idea. Um, but I feel like that we're not that far from that kind of thing being perpetrated on a very real way. And I feel like the way that that will happen is somehow. Um, hmm. Let me see. It's going to be the Elon Musk brain implants. Yeah, I, that's that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to jump that far because that makes me. Well, be, I'm glad I just needed I just I needed jump, you to complete the thoughts that far. Thank then you. I'll totally do it. That's like <laughs> that. It's the price is right. Yeah, because like to this day, I want nothing more in my life than to play Plinko. 
<laughs> yes. And I would like to sit on my couch and pretend that I'm in a beautiful forest instead of in a suburban area. And that would be awesome. And I would, I would, put, I would put the thing in my brain. So every, every once in a while, I have to tell someone about Coca-Cola as if, you know, I loved Coca-Cola. Well, no, I love Coca-Cola. Uh, let me think of a friend. <laughs> if, I, if I wanted to tell – if I was telling you to drink Diet 7-Up, if I ever tell you to drink Diet 7-Up, they got to me, okay? They got you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Just wanted to uh, – I don't know. It's so, been on my mind a so, lot. So uh, I, I have a buddy who who is tells this joke impe- like impeccably, and I always kind of mangle it because I always kind of forget. But basically, you know – I was a little kid, and smoked the entire, the entire pack of cigarettes right there in front of him, which was a hell of a lesson in brand loyalty. <laughs> yeah. Um, God. I think about that a lot. I think about the dangers of creating a brand, and then that's it's like a, that's a problem that is there's that's back on topic as well because that's reality right now. Um, we are a brand, and we're creating a brand. So, so I was I was hanging out with a teenager, mm-hmm. and we were out in the we were out in the ma- in the majesty of the Santa Fe National Forest. Mm-hmm. We were out bird watching, as I am wont to do. Mm-hmm. I you know, and I, I I carry binoculars and like I have like Dope. guidebooks and shit. I'm totally a nerd about it. Cool. Um, my love of the Santa Fe New Mexicans bird column is not ironic. Like I wow. I love it cool. dearly. Yeah. All right. Um. Anyway, so we're out there. <laughs> we're out there. And I'm like, you know, a bird, a beautiful bird has a lit upon a branch, you know, and again, it it feels heavenly. And I'm just staring at it. And the teenager turns to me and says, what what brand of bird is that? (laughs) And then immediately, like, 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 they're like, oh, what did I just say? Right. Like, they got really embarrassed. They knew they said it wrong. Right. But like, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, do you see what's happening? I was like, I was like, this is why I bring you out here. Yeah, it's a new new bird just dropped. I like, that's my favorite thing to see. Whenever someone posts a bird pic, I'm just looking for someone saying new bird just dropped. That makes me so happy. New dog just dropped. I'm always looking for that. And no wonder the youngsters are all on this like birds are fake tip, right? Like <laughs> 20 years. Let's see. Let's see how much time. The bees are almost gone. Are bees? Can we say bees are fake and people just know bees are fake? How many kids are going to an apiary to like open a box and check and see bees are fake? Can we start a rumor that bees are fake and just people will believe it? I mean, I think it's okay if the rest of the world doesn't know about bees. We basically need to get people oh to stop God, looking like at them Sean and touching and them. It's like that song about the birds and the bees, except it's all fake. <laughs> You'll get me to sing eventually. You, I mean, name... I almost burst. I mean, I am. I, I mean, I. I almost burst into song because I. I have just been bursting into song a lot lately. Yeah, it's been hip hop for me, but I don't know if that's appropriate for the show. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, oh, something I want. I did want to discuss that I wrote down at, as we were talking just a second ago um, about breaking the veil on the internet uh, reality layer. Um, we used to do a lot of things on the something awful forums called Goon Meets. It's actually how we started. Like we were kind of organic advertisement. We were like, it's weird. I, my friend, not so much. I won't I name mean, again. Not so much. This is this is why people are like Civil War reenactors or car clubs happen mm-hmm. or like knitters. 
knitting circles, stitch and bitches. Yeah. They all met on the internet. They all met at the fucking Toyota forums. They, they can't tell me that they like met because they were just happened to really like the Fast and the Furious. No, they were all initial D nerds. They were all into anime. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no, all I'm saying you're is correct. The internet is really truly what brought all these communities together. So no one can pretend to be above any one other community. I mean, we can, actually, but that's a different story. Something awful links into some things that are historic in ways that we could, we'll find out in the future, perhaps. Um, Have you seen that? Have you seen that? um, Into the Storm? uh, there, There was some, like, YouTube video that was, like, it was, like, an explainer of, like, the history of something awful. Really? Was, I'd like to fact check it. It was compelling. It. I should find it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Please, Continue. yes. Uh, into the, they met, they were mentioned on the HBO doc Into the Storm, but only in like the faintest of like the, the you know, Frederick, what's his name, in the, um, the, our main kind of subject of the film who has all the inside intel. Uh, he gives you the, the lowdown about something awful. He mentions it for like two sentences. He says that it basically is what spurned everything but he doesn't say why i think it's because he wasn't a poster he wasn't on he might have been a lurker but he wasn't like on the forums i know that he was a goon i know that he was but anyway we used to have back in the day let's say let's let's skip ahead we were goons for a few years we were in college we were in this website and it was like dominating our social lives in that it was the only place that people who were into things we were into could like make any friends but we're now in the college world we had the ability and access cars close you know other people our age in the area we were able to set up meets so me and a couple other friends started setting up parties essentially at a friend's house and then we would be like hey we would tell them about something awful i actually i remember this the things that kicked it off where people were having silly hat parties. It sounds insane. It sounds like some kind of like pedophile island shit. But like, anyway, I'm just gonna say it. They had, no, it silly was hats. wholesome back then. It was wholesome I, back then. That's like, the problem like I, is that it sounds all fucked up now because like I feel like internet communities, especially if you talk about like the legacy look, I mean, of internet it's, communities, it's all, it's all embarrassing, right? Like, I mean, because everyone was young and stupid, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's why we also laughed at the fucking ball pit at TumblrCon. That wasn't <laughs> what it was called. I don't remember what it was called. Because we knew. TumblrCon, Because we knew. Because in our mind, we could picture everything surrounding that picture. And that's, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there, there, there were all, like, like, there was, like, Goon Island. There was the fucking... Yep. There, there was the other one, the Arrakis one. Oh God, I don't no! Their name either. Uh, the Goon and, Camp. They had Goon Camp many years in a row, every six months, I think, actually, um, for after a while there. And then the Goon meets. Yeah, we, uh, but uh, I guess what I'm getting to is eventually we made a lot of friends, like in real life on campus. That we must have created an entire like sub community of people. Hundreds of people on campus were then like going to these things. I only went to like two of them because at some point I was like, I don't know, I know enough like weird people on the internet and in real life. I'm good for now. <laughs> I don't need to make new folks in in this world. Um, But, uh, yeah, hundreds of people easily. I mean, it created a chain. I didn't ever, I didn't ever. So in Orlando, by the way, this happened at UCF campus. Absolutely not something I did. Not, not a good. I don't know why I did that. I wasn't like that (laughs) goony. But I did do tweet ups and have, and I guess still do. Like, yeah. you know, it was like, oh, like, here's someone who's like, whatever, they're here. I'm going to meet up with them at the fucking show or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I didn't um, go see, I didn't go see, uh, 
Brian and um, Street Fight when I came to Albuquerque. I didn't. I should have done that, but I didn't. You should have because it it was like it like not only was it like yeah a bunch of Twitter dipshits who were going there. It was also like you know, it was like the best and brightest of Santa Fe and Albuquerque DSA. I I imagine that all kinds of cool people were there, but I just didn't get to like uh, that. Wasn't my time to leave the house much in the world. Is what I would say. My my point in the in the process. Of fair alcoholism. Enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's say that um, that I would say uh, those experiences of meeting uh, internet people in real life is what gave me what I needed in the world to get into the position that I was when I first got on Twitter, and I was like, let's meet people in the re- in this weird pool of people in the real world, and then yeah, I met you know a few people that uh, they're all locked accounts, so I won't. <laughs> them so they used to be well, used to be big public accounts and now they're now they're like locked down private accounts because they don't want to do the little song and dance of being a public account anymore Most, all, they're all locked down now all the people that i started so there were there were a couple friends that we started as just shit posters right like we we're mm-hmm. just random anonymous shit posters to each other and then one day they made like a joke about something and i was like there's only one person on earth that I know would know that in that way, you know, like it just like they would give something away and yeah. I would be like, I know you, like, I know, I know you, like, you're not just like, you know, you know, boner 69 or whatever, yeah, you're not, you know? you're, I, like, you're John Hendren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're a human being that I happen to know. Like I went to college with you, right? Like, yeah, that's funny. Um, about. Or you're some dipshit I've met in high school. Like, you know, like I've known you since that, you know. That's like, weird. I like, have wait, met people. Mm, that's really weird. I have met people in real life. When I was in Santa Fe, I went to, someone else invited me to a party and I met them and they used to live in South Florida where I was and they had gone to one of the parties that I went to because they were a goon. And this guy was like not, he doesn't fit any description of like in my mind how you would see this stereotypical person. He's totally different. He was very like, cool hip younger than me like i don't know but he was and he knew he went to one of those ucf parties and i was like well i wasn't at them but that i started that whole thing that's unbelievable i can't believe that this community still i can just walk up to someone randomly and have that um weird it's it's uh it's made the world much smaller because i run into so many people that i've uh, through you know all the layers of online communities i run into so many people or been places where i'm like oh i'm already comfortable being here because like I've seen someone talk about living in Southern Italy for the last six years on Twitter. So I have like a lot of context for certain things like, or like, yeah, like, like, you know, like somebody just randomly is going to live tweet every single thing they know about remodeling their house. And like suddenly, yeah. like, you know, everything about the history of that state. Cause like they went through a journey to do it. Right. And like, you're just following it along like a reality show yeah right like like what else is it except that right like it's i mean i even think of like um you know there's there's the way that people will always mock the like weird parasocial attachments that people have to like celebrities exactly and i'm like but yeah but you also have them to like these like you know like just this one person who tweets on twitter and you just get mad at everything they say because they're just like baking cookies for their kids or whatever exactly or something you know and i'm like what are you doing like (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, you could be watching something else on TV if you don't like this. Like, you could totally change the channel. Like, exactly. And that, get up. You I, can just close the laptop. There's a poster. The screen there's a poster. <laughs> yes, I love that post. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, there's a person who posts a lot who I don't want to name because I think that otherwise is a good person who recently posted. Well, there's still there's still a good person even having posted. It's just an idea, and a, a thought, a concept. No, no an one archetype. is a good person if they post. No, that's well that's true, but no, I can guarantee. Is. Yeah, just 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 facts. Log off, be free. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, hmm. Uh, there's there's a post recently that just brought my mind to the concept of. The fact that we all have a concept of the poster that we're talking to so much, like we have this concept in our head of who this person is, that um, we've achieved this like average person, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that's correct. Like I think that we're talking in our head to someone that's not correct. Like we're off target on the person that we're talking to. Um, we're talking to a much broader audience, one than mo- well, broader than most people even know. I mean. Broad, definitely broader than I know myself, for sure. But um, I would say that uh, I want to talk to, I want to communicate with the broadest possible audience, but also, like, I don't know, I still want to be myself. And uh, I feel like that's a struggle because you, I, feel like... One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a struggle because I feel like... Um, knowing your own identity is extremely difficult because you're constantly balancing um, when you're posting for all these different audiences. But like the, you want to be interesting, but you don't want to offend, which is very difficult for some people. I don't know why, like, I don't know why that's difficult for some people. Why they think it's like, Oh no, like being, being like not an asshole is like a difficult thing. But for me, it's more like, I want to, um, I want to be like a vector for communication. I don't, I don't want to be like a node. And I've said this before, but I, I, I want to be like, um, I don't know. I just want to be part of the wave. I want to help voices be heard, and I want to hear voices and, um, I don't know, do my best to facilitate that. That's all I want. Well, all I could, all I could think of is just like the great, the great, like I'll say, like the great balance of being and becoming, right? <laughs> Like, like that, because that's how we mediate reality, right? We're all always changing. Like, that's why we never know who we really are, is because we're, we're, if we're always changing and mm-hmm. always in a process of becoming, how could I possibly know myself, right? I mean, you know, again, like, I say this as, yeah. like, you know, a Johnny, again, right? Like, know thyself. Like, that is the work. But like that's that that's like unattainable. We we can never know ourselves. We, we can search or investigate and question and like uh, uh, reanalyze, retest, or uh, like this mm, constant thing. That's but, an endless book, and, and reading it changes the context. Yeah, yeah. It's it, the observation changes the uh, observer. So even looking at yourself, Paris said that perfectly in her documentary at the very beginning. She said, "Throughout, you need to know throughout the process of making this documentary, the last two years, I've changed my my life has changed." entirely through just the process of making this documentary and looking at what I do, how I live, who I live with, etc. And again, right. And yeah. like what we know of documentaries, right. That like you can't observe without changing. I mean, and that's just physics anyway, right? Like, absolutely. It's literal physics. That's yeah. <laughs> literal physics. Yeah. Like, a- <laughs> like a law. It's a thing. It's, these are, <laughs> I don't know how to say that. 
It's written in a book by someone extremely smart from a very long time ago in a list of things that... Yeah, it's a... You know, that's, that's the... Yeah, but like, you know, again... Yeah, they said it in a fucking book, but like, you know... Yeah, no. whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever. No. Kathy is correct. This is, uh, this is serious stuff. I am... Um... I'm constantly caught up in these thought processes right now, like of, uh, it's the nature of everything. I find that it soothes the mind in a way that is much like, um, I don't know, kind of daydreaming, but I find it productive because it helps analyzing the vocabulary that, uh, I use or we all use, um, is, uh, it can enhance so much about your life. I don't know how else to describe it, but everything, the, everything in every way that you communicate, I think analyzing what and why you say, like specifically the words is, and being conscious of those words and not like in a socially conscious way necessarily, but like, in just being like fully or cognizant of the words that are coming out of your mouth that you string into sentences, um, and knowing what they all mean very specifically, like, you know, there's that can change everything about your life and you don't have to change anything about yourself. Like, but it will just change happen naturally. Um, so like, so like that's that by itself is something I find fascinating. So like, like I'm, I'm a big language nerd. I, mm. I love like, like I do a lot of translating for cool. like in my spare time, wow. what little spare time I have, like, because this is still like, again, like, like as a, like Johnny dipshit. Right. Um, but also because, like, I've always wanted to, like, improve my Spanish. Uh, so, like, here's here's some, like, here's some, like, legit psychology that goes to, like, reality and our conception of it. So, like, I've always suffered from terrible imposter syndrome. There's always been this sense of, like, I'm not Mexican enough for my Mexican family. I'm not white enough for America. Like, I'm not assimilated enough. Um, like, those kinds of things where, like, I used to, like, trip over my Spanish like, um, totally gave me a complex. Um, the way that I would struggle with my English when I was a kid, like that gave me a weird fucked up complex. So like always, I've always been on this thing where like, well, I'm going to improve my English and my Spanish. And like now people would say that both are incredible. Um, however, not to me, right? Like, cause I, cause it's like this complex, this imposter syndrome is still very back there where like, you and I are here, we're having like a casual conversation, but like when I was like in class, like, uh, in, like in school, right. And I'm, I'm taking these highfalutin philosophy classes or I'm taking law classes. Oh, like my white girl voice was all out full, like full force. And like, I mean, again, like I'm, I'm, I'm a California girl, so it's like a white girl voice already, but like, this isn't my white person voice. Like, right. (laughs) This isn't my I'm talking to a white professor voice, right? Like, well, hope, hope, um, yeah. Hopefully, I don't seem like a professor to you. <laughs> no, well, you know, I, like it's it's that whole deal. You know what I mean, yes, right? Yes, like, yes, yes, you yes. know, like I, I, I completely. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay. Um, and uh, I don't know. So like, I, I I do spend a lot of time translating. Is the is the is the hard line and like etymology is like very important to me like because it's it's like it's it's saying like this is like this like original meaning of the word or what we meant to convey right maybe because we can never really agree on meaning right like not ever like i can say chair i can say dog you and i just pictured a completely different dog you know Um, oh yeah 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 yeah. oh you know 
we agreed on dog, but mm. like the, your archetype of dog was very, you know, um, it's, uh, have you seen that short, um, who was that? That, that, that was a Lynch. I think there's a, there's some clip and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the guy who plays Pete Martell, but it's a different movie. Hmm. Is it Blue Velvet where he says, uh, I just pictured a, I just said that's my weakest I, I just, working memory. Oh, the of little any. dog. It's from Wild at Heart, and he says, "Yeah, I, I just said Toto, and you just pictured a little dog, or I said a dog, and you might have even pictured Toto, but I, I'm picturing something completely different." Oh, anyway, I'm gonna uh, have to. Re- I'm gonna have to refresh. I'm here on this like stream of for, consciousness. For the record, anyway, I, I recently being, <laughs> yes, language. please continue. Yes, I, re- I recently posted about this, but um, I, I have a hard time remembering much like past about two years ago, so. Um, I'm kind of like rewatching everything and re reforming my memories into like uh, functional capacity. Um, uh, and Lynch is on that list. River twice. Yeah, exactly. Lynch is on that list for sure. Um, I love him. I mean, speaking of also like our conception of reality, I think he's, he's one of the, uh, and since you and I are also going to have to like start planning out criterion club, please. Um, oh, speaking God, of like, yes. I mean, Lynch, that'll be I our mean, premium content. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for subscri- <laughs> for Patreon subscribers only. Yes, except we'll have to find the alternative to Patreon for some reason. I'm sure that'll occur between now and then. Patreon will be like set ablaze by <laughs> controversy. Well, they can just send us check or money order to our PO box. Exactly. Please, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll figure that out. Actually, yeah, that'll <laughs> send send checks in the mail, payable to. <laughs> Um, we can send back like funny t-shirts. Oh man, I love this merch system. See, that would be awesome. Let's bring the catalog back. We'll send out a literal catalog. See, that part's free. Then uh, no, the catalog is 3.99 with shipping. I think they used to pay for catalogs. Then they got in the fr- shipping free catalogs. Anyway, I'll keep processing okay. these thoughts. Um, okay. No, we'll work on I'm gonna it. I'm going to look up a a book about uh, the history of catalog shopping and then we'll reinvent the the wheel. Uh <laughs> Yo, the original Sears catalog is sick. Oh, I don't know if you've ever read through it. I used to be it. like, oh man, those Christmas catalogs when those came out. I remember that was probably the main one that I would end up like plopped in front of me at some point. But man, oh, I love those. No, I mean like go all the way back to the original like oh the Roebuck ones. Roebuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, for, like Dover makes like and the a, art is know, actually like really cool on them too. That like hand like I don't know what kind of you call that kind of illustration style with all the, the nice arrows and stuff. A lot of like cool. Uh, it's all black and white, but it's really neat. Um, very like hand. It's like playbill style. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. here's so here's here's a connection to catalogs and weird reality. Okay. Um, so Andy Warhol's first job, his first like art job, was. Uh, doing drawings for catalogs, and one of them was for like uh, like a hardware manufacturer, and so like he had to draw all of the like screws and nails and wow. widgets and things. And I remember I, I don't remember where I read this or heard that it might have been a museum exhibit. I just remember seeing it must have been at the museum because i remember seeing like like examples of wow. all of the That's like incredible. here's like andy warhol's first screw <laughs> like just like losing it like and i was like why is nobody else finding this funny <laughs> it's incredible i uh my my father is a really good mechanical draftsman and uh and i picked that up i guess too when i had to like get licenses and stuff like that 
Um, and it's amazing, like, uh, with a little repetition, like, how good you can get at it. Like, you'll start to picture certain things, like, in your mind in ways that, like, you never could before you, like, picked up a pencil and tried to do it that way. And that's, I feel like that, like, brain thing, like, kind of sticks with you. Like, visualizing the other side of an object and stuff like that. It's kind of, it's a neat little brain trick you develop. I can rotate so many screws. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking about... Uh, I'm thinking about nuts and 360 degrees. It's they're spinning in my head. And see, and what kind of nuts am I talking about? Exactly. Our well, brain, our brain decided. I'm fully aware you because you were you were acting it out. So I know, even though no one else. <laughs> I was acting. Which and, and for and for the viewer at home, which was I acting out? You will have to decide, and you'll have to <laughs> yeah, decide in your own brain. Gonna know. Exactly. Yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna have to use the power of their imagination. Which 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 kind of nut was I spinning? It could have been who who knows four or five. You can come up with all kinds Statue on your own. Statue nut. Yeah, exactly. Nut. It could be could be all kinds. But if there are screws and I just immediately, whenever I, I, I think of the nut, though, I do picture the Bugs Bunny cartoon screw going into a nut, kind of like, that's the, that's the one. But uh, speaking of imagined pictures in your head based on a word. Um, hmm. I just, I mean, you said Bugs Bunny, and I, of course, immediately pictured Bugs Bunny in a dress, because that's, that's how I He's prefer hot. to picture He's Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also really like the, like, Bugs Bunny made out the the lady Bugs Bunny made out of dynamite because then it's like again more <laughs> layers of not real. We're going deep here. We're going. Deep. I'm like I'm way into it. I'm way into it. This is great. You know what this is? This is um. Oh, this is the best. That's what it is. I was going to say something else, so, but I just wanted to just go right to what I was going to say. So. That's just the best. No. So the last two Looney Tunes things I'm going to share, because they're both related. They're not related. They're just, like, related to our topics of reality. Yes. Okay. So um, uh, I was helping a friend, like, uh, with with this thing in their driveway. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just that we were doing some, like, slight remodeling, redecorating. And... Uh, I was, you know, we finished cleaning up and like I'm looking at her garage doors and I'm like, I want to paint one of those Roadrunner fake things. Because, again, we're out here in the New Mexico desert. So, like, I was like, I took a step back and I looked at our handiwork and I'm like, it really needs one of those fake holes. Oh, like from the Roadrunner <laughs> yeah, like cartoon. The like archway. I want to paint yeah. like I want to paint the garage like like oh, a cliff. I love that. Like, like, you know, and then paint. Oh, that in is it. so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's going to look so sick out here because it's like, you know, again, New Mexico, right? Yeah, and I yeah. was like, we need, so like we, we brought it up, we laughed about it and we we're like, ha ha ha, right? But then like a couple months later, I was like, you know, I kind of really want to do that. I'm like, and I know, like, I don't have to do it on your house. I'm like, but I want to go around graffitiing <laughs> like fake holes into certain places around here yeah. where it's going to look exactly the same way, right? Like. Like I don't want to vandalize the state park. You're gonna want a sharp tip if you want to. If you're gonna go go to the graffiti store, you want to go to the skate shop. You want the 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 nice, yeah. Okay, that's what you want, and you want to do a nice like just do an arc and then fill it in. And in fact, you could do the okay, Bugs so Bunny. The you could use the roller gonna... to fill it in. <laughs> yeah. Just like Bugs. No, I, I'm gonna need to go to yeah Acme Graffiti. You know the Acme Graffiti catalog, even. <laughs> Yes, exactly. No, exactly. God, 
tying it in. See, we know too much. That's the problem. Everything can turn into everything else. It makes for okay, a beautiful show. Okay, and finally, this, yes. is, this, is, this is the most ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Please. I'm looking for it. So I, I once dated a dude who uh, he, he, instead of listening to like classical music when he was like writing his papers, mm-hmm. as one did at St. John's, like everyone's like, eh, I'm listening to Shostakovich or whatever, right? It was really cool, whatever. Um, he would put on uh, the Carl Stallings Orchestra's uh, soundtrack to the Warner Brothers cartoons. Oh, shit. So like Claire, Claire de Lune and yeah. stuff like that, or the like. Yeah, like no, no, it was like it was like you know like so like all of the like like all of the sounds of Bugs Bunny <laughs> like running back and forth and you know yeah all that stuff yeah all that all of that was done by an orchestra right so it was the Carl Stalling Orchestra and yeah they like did real pieces and shit right. But all the goofy shit. So, like, when you hear them, like, sneak up on someone and they go, like, ding, 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 ding. Like, that's, that's like, that's like the string section. So, he had a whole, he had, he had like, a yeah. set of recordings of this. And this is what he would listen to. And then one day, in the middle of our lovemaking, uh-huh. <laughs> the CD player switched. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'll just say it was a very interesting experience. Um, <laughs> you know, that is incredible. Did, 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 did anyone know, say I turned, Bugs, I turned into Ladybug's Bunny made of dynamite? <laughs> did anyone say that's all, folks? Did anyone come up with all? Because <laughs> that's probably would have been what I would have had to escape the room with. Oh my god, no, but I wish I could go back in time. Although, you know, next time, next time that I have a gentleman caller over, what I'm going to do is just, you know, just cue it up. Oh, I don't know how it got on there. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, listen to Porky. He gave you the instructions. <laughs> yeah, listen. That's all. Time to leave. Kick rocks. Yeah. Um. Wabbit season. Duck season. Ah! <laughs> I like it. Um. Oh my god. Get in trouble. I am get in trouble. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to click the box that says explicit podcast. Although I already did that twice. Yeah, no, 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 I already no, did no, that no, twice no. Um, because I didn't know what it means. I think because we said the f word. I think that means that. I think, I, yeah. I, does it? It doesn't just mean like we're talking about something. Okay. Well. No. And I, I guess I this has to be an explicit we're using podcast. Swears. Okay. Then we said swear yeah. words. I mean, we could yeah. stop, but it's just so fun. Oh, I am no, I I cannot swear. I cannot stop swear. It's been I'd a have to edit the program a lot life. more for myself, even so. <laughs> I kind of we can't do that. Um, I think. Let's see if I covered my list. Oh yeah, once again, my list is in People Magazine. If it sounds like I'm reading a magazine, <laughs> disrespectfully, it's because I kind of am through getting these notes out. Um, so it's uh, my notes. I'm holding up for the microphone. This is a. This is a People. This is a People magazine. Um, the article is about uh, Samuel Jackson and his wife, uh, their beautiful forty-one-year relationship. It's incredible. I, I'm going to read it for my other podcast. Um, let's see. I did That's have some- funny because the other the other day, uh, so so at work we are very goof, goofy, goofy, and he said that everyone we actually doing it we like a closeout question, which is like the goofy question of the day. Okay. And um, our goofy question of the day yesterday was, uh, 
what is your favorite Samuel L. Jackson movie? Nice. So, serendipity. I'm ready to talk about Samuel L. Jackson. Tell me your favorite. T- tell me your favorite Samuel L. Real quick. Okay, so serious answer, like 100% serious. I think it's badass say, that he did the narration to Samuel, uh, I Am Not Your Negro, the James Baldwin documentary. That's sick. I'll um, have to watch that. The other answer is I think like Pulp Fiction just has this place in my heart as like a film. Yeah. Like I saw it when I I saw it when it came out when I was like ten, right? Like when I should not have been in yeah. theater watching it. Yeah, I watched it, it when it I came out. As soon as it hit it HBO, did. it was like two a.m. and I used to stay up every single night when I was a kid. But parents, if your child has a television in their home in their bedroom, they're staying up as late as they fucking want, and you'll have no idea because I did. Um, and I used to stay up till three, four, five in the morning and go to school on two hours of sleep. Probably I don't know most of school, but a lot of these times I would watch HBO. And when I was like nine or ten, maybe I don't know, I watched Pulp Fiction on HBO. And let me tell you, I learned to love film in like in the hour and a half of it that I saw. You know, it started I think maybe like uh, after the first few scenes. I think probably uh, I don't know. Let's see. If you're thinking about nine year old me watching a scene, I had probably just skipped the part where like. I don't know. I think they were ordering milkshakes. Literally, I think that's what it was. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll watch them dance and order milkshakes. This seems as a 50s movie. I I literally may have, like, turned it on thinking, like, oh, these people are, like, not just in a 50s diner in the 90s. Is this this American Graffiti (laughs) 2? No, I don't know if I would have been up on my Lucas then. Because I only watched that movie because I knew George Lucas. My parents weren't into movies at all. Like, in a way that would have... They would have shown me films with an F. Oh, film was a huge part of our family. I was the only person huge. in my life. I was the person who was looking up for Terminator 2, renting it, watching it by myself, and all these, all those movies. You know, uh, uh, I don't know. Every, everything in the 90s that uh, someone watches, I had to rent it and pretty much watch it myself. So, uh, But I watched them all. I got it all. All of the like highfalutin foreign film shit, that I did on my own. But like otherwise, like... My dad like loved action movies, so and and again, like it was huge. We went to the movies every Friday. Wow, every Friday. That's awesome. Like as a family, that's yeah, really, no, really, it's, really cool. It's it's yeah, it's it's actually it, it, there are very few kind things I can say about my family, but mm. that is absolutely one of them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we'll yeah, get to that one day. We didn't, uh, yeah, we didn't do too much too much of that. Um, but I, I, I wish we had, and I can understand why someone would, would really enjoy that. Um, I, uh, I envy that. I'll, I'll just admit that. Um, <laughs> well, film? If, you knew, if you knew the rest of the story, you might be like... Uh, well, if you knew the rest of... Uh, we'll just save it for another time. Maybe we'll talk about it sometime. We'll have a struggle session yeah, one of these days. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's what we'll do. Um, it will, it will consider us saying it now is a, a background information for you. Did we talk about it? Did we not? You'll never know. Maybe we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did we say? Maybe these are just the things that, that go left and set. That's exactly. okay. We, we, can, we can just do it. We don't need to know everything, you know? But we are, we are going to have that conversation. The other, <laughs> this is also, I think, actually one of the core things about reality TV is that it's like, it, it like plays to this like, this I think this uh, unhealthy desire to need to know everything. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you don't. Yeah, you have to you, pick. You don't, you don't need to know everything. Yeah, you have yeah, to you, pick. You, you have to pick. Even 
Um, and yet somehow like there's this like, um, I don't know. I think it's also why people have like these unhealthy boundaries with the celebs. Mm -hmm. Right. It's because it's like, well, you're already getting a lot of them. Why do you feel like the, why do you feel like you deserve or should have more? Yeah. Like I feel like I'm extracting maximum juice out of the, the Kardashian family's history that they put on television and I'm going through it like painstakingly. And, um, and I know that, anyone who's a fan of the Kardashians could go through a second time and watch it. They didn't have to make another show for fans to be quote unquote satisfied. That's a marketing excuse. Clearly. I mean, obviously I'll, I'll for anything to be produced, but, uh, like, yeah, yeah. They didn't need to make more. No one, no one needs to know more about the Kardashians. You could spend your entire life. You could be a, you could from right now, I could go back to school, get a sociology degree and then figure out some way to get like a master's about, I don't know, analyzing entertainment in some way and then I could write a whole paper and then a book and a form book like this one that I've been like reading I could write a whole thing about all of that am I going to choose to do that no I do love this information that's why I'm choosing to do a podcast about it but like I'm choosing to do a podcast about this instead of I don't know video games or something that I spend a lot of my time doing because there's, I don't really want to talk about video games at all honestly uh, I, I talk about it quite enough as it is and I talk about it more than I already like to so um I find that, uh, you know, I would say this, actually. I've traded a lot of the time that I used to spend on other things to do this. And I feel like um, as we all value our time as currency in this world that we have to live in, um, we should spend it, our own currency that we have, on things that we most enjoy, which means that everyone should – everyone at some point has to. In this world of infinite content, which is basically the only thing that we have left to do is to consume these things or create it. Um. Uh, yeah. I, like I, just... I love my timeline. Like here's here's like I mean, kind of even going back to this, like how many people like like I blocked all these followers because I thought they were bots, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I block a lot. I mute a lot. Like, and it hasn't stopped me from knowing, right? Like I literally did mute the words Ukraine and Russia forever. Mm-hmm. I still know exactly what's happening because like the news still gets through to me, even if they're not using those exact words. Right. Anyway, all that is a way of saying like I mute and I block very liberally, like just, mm, just at the drop of a hat. Sometimes like, sometimes they don't even have to be talking to me. Right. Like, um, as an example, right. Like, let's say you tweet something and I just happen to like, be like, eh, What's Brian saying about this stupid thing? And I go in there and I, I read lot, it. Yeah. If someone, if someone in your mentions is just pissing me off, I block them. That's fine. I want you to do that. No, I mean, I, I encourage I just, I, everyone I do to like do everybody. that. Do please do not necessarily think that because I talk to someone online that you should too, and they probably don't want you to. So just keep that in mind. No, I mean, I'm just saying you as an example. I'm not, oh, I, like, no, I don't even know if that's happened. Oh, you know? like, I don't I'm know. just like any random tweet. Like, just, just, you know, I'm reading a CNN tweet. Actually, that's not true because CNN is blocked, right? See, so. Yeah, I've only recently uh, unblocked, I've only recently unblocked a lot of media accounts, typically just so that I can um, see. I've been removing, so I used to put the veil on too. I had all media accounts blocked. I had all everything blocked. And this was before, you know, two years ago. Like I had anything that was like a brand, I still continuously block every single brand that comes past my eyes, whether it's 
unless it's for like every I don't know. promoted tweet yeah, gets a block. Every, There's only it's been a like game two I play. exceptions yeah. to that. And one of them was like the Audubon Society because again yeah. I love birds. And uh, I didn't. There was one. There was a movie that came out recently that had just an amusing trailer, and every time I saw it, I was like, "This looks so bad," and I just kind of like let myself watch it every time. So like, I, I mean, that happens. Uh, <laughs> promoted tweets can be amusing in some way. Um. I guess I guess what I was getting at a second ago is just like I feel like if time is a currency and and we're all like living in this world with all this to look at our eyes could look we could stare into the distance forever and look at infinite things if we just click a few things in our in our hand and our remote um, then we should uh, spend a little time a little percentage of that time a tax of that time curating the things that we would like to see on our own um, I do that a lot of people. I feel like when I've introduced people to that concept in my life, they've been shocked by like the fact that someone would even spend like overhead time finding what is good or finding what is interesting or just objectively like what are people talking about? Is this good or bad? Let's watch it. Let's find out if it's good or bad. Even going through that process, I found like um, that very few people in the world do that. And I always found that to be like an automatic thing. Like I thought that's what people did. I thought you just like bought like at some point you'd seen enough automatic comparison shopping, something like that. Yeah. I, I thought like in my mind, like not, not even like between like the two movies at the movie theater, although that it would some, be something I have done in the past. I would say like, um, let's say there's, uh, you have a, a list of things like on the criterion screen in front of you, just open criterion channel. There's a bunch of things the other night I saw, all right on the main screen, there was a list of three movies. It was said like a trilogy of films by a certain director. And I can't even remember her name now, but it was a female director. And I was like, wow, this looks really interesting. I've never even heard of this lady. And she's from, I think, Denmark. I'm not entirely sure. But I watched that movie with someone else. And they were like, we were completely blown away. We're like, we can't believe this movie came from 1977. The social issues it touched on. Like everything was just like mind blowing. And it was like extremely um, well made for clearly how low budget it was. And um, it was called uh, The Debut. Uh, it's 1977. Anyway, you can look it up. It's really good. It's You'll see it in the thing. It's right on the front page. It says like three films by whoever. Um, and then the second film after that also like blew me away. But I took my time to look at the screen and I was like, I don't know, everything on Criterion's good. It's always it a hard choice. And I said, three films by someone I never heard of. I'm going to learn a lot. Done. And that was kind of like, that's why I go to Criterion for is basically to like learn about what happened before I started paying attention to film. Um, and that's how I treat it. And I kind of feel like I have that, like, I have a, like, I don't know, uh, this is my reality issue. The day is that I have, uh, uh, running, uh, kind of dialogue in my head of all time. Like, I'm always trying to think like, I don't know, what would be like the coolest thing to see that would be then cool to talk about? Or at least at the very least, what would be cool that nobody else has seen that like, I could like introduce other people that would be worthwhile to then discuss. It's not like someone's like spurring me on to do homework. But, like, I feel the need to, like, go and watch things and then talk about them. Or, like, there's a million, zillion thing, movies out there that we'll never even see before we die. And um, there's a million good ones from the past. And um, I feel like I've made it a personal job to, like, try to make it a natural part of my life to expose those things to other people. I don't know. Well, I mean, it feels like it's also this, like... Well, it's also one, again, right? Like, how else do we mediate reality except by being able to say like did you see that too did you experience that as well i think we talked about this last yes. week a little bit we, we right? may have yeah that there has to be this like agreement of what reality is you're right um, if, if 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 like um uh like do we agree that this house is on fire right and it's like <laughs> yeah. like i smell smoke do you smell that and you're gonna be like 
no and i'm gonna be like cool am i am i having a stroke like <laughs> what's going on right like yes Exactly. But that if you and I say, we agree, yes, I smell smoke, the house must be on fire, then that's telling us we have to act or to do and, and, and to, to do something to react to whatever reality is in front of us. And, of course, if the answer is no, that is also telling us about our reality. Oh, no, okay. Ooh, I was just having a bad dream, right? Like, yeah, and um, – yeah. And how does this research? But, it, but it's this too. It's it's like, mm-hmm. oh, did you have you seen Akira Kurosawa's dreams? Oh, have you In seen school, yeah. my dinner with Andre? Oh, have you seen you know like, have you seen this documentary? Have you seen that documentary? And what do you think about this? You know, I my, mean, am I both don't having even get me started now on Rashomon? Exactly. Right? Like, oh, well, Rashomon's literally a movie about that specific idea. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And see, and by having us both seen Rashomon, we were able to exchange a very complex idea, perhaps an entire discussion, by both having seen Rashomon. And that's the beauty. That's literally what I was just about to say, and you got to Rashomon, and that was an even better example. So uh, I absolutely love that. Um, Yeah. And Full circle. This is reality TV criterion collection. Again, because to me, this is still about, like, this whole thing about mediating reality, right, is, like, it's also why I think, like, I, I get mad when people are, like, Kim Kardashian is, like, fake or, like, she's stupid. And I'm, like, she's a human that's alive on this planet. That means she's mediating reality just like we are. I'm, like, and so the fact that she's, like, doing it through, like, keeping up with the Kardashians really isn't any fucking different than, I don't know, Samuel Beckett the fuck you know like why is one really that better than the other right um or or different qualitatively like why why would i say one is lowbrow and one is highbrow like they're they're doing the same brow yeah actually when someone proposes something like on those lines i'd like to say like define to me precisely why you think that like i don't know um uh tom sawyer for example is more educational to the modern condition or concepts or reality or real life or any other book that are like those like pretend slice of life books that were written at the time like uh like how how are any of those valuable i mean they're literary classics on they're on the big shelf or there's 50 million copies of them or whatever but like how how is that more valuable than watching in today to today's child a 17 year old person watching like the Paris Hilton documentary and just knowing a little bit about like, look, she came before you and she's here to tell you about like, if you want to pursue a path like she did of using fame as a career, which she's not saying is invalid. She's saying, if you are know what can happen, I think is what her, she's really communicating. Um, And, and I don't think that I, that information could change a lot of minds. Now I'm not going to say what it's going to do or, but I don't know. Uh, well, this it's it's also because it's Tom the, Sawyer I mean, isn't going to change people's opinion. Like, I don't know. This is also, I think, like the classism of it, right? Like mm-hmm. we get to say, well, Tom Sawyer was written by Mark Twain, and he's like important because of that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with that, really, right? But it's still like. Um, it, it's why we say things like, "Well, John Stewart is in the great tradition of Mark Twain." Again, whether or not that's like an actual statement i agree with or not is kind of irrelevant at this moment right like because i don't think he is that funny but um or that like 
trenchant. Uh, I guess a different story again. Uh, um, the re- the point being, right, is that we're saying, but there is like a modern equivalent of this, right? Or there's at least some kind of a modern equivalent that John Stewart might be a great satirist. Stephen Colbert might be a great satirist, just like Mark Twain was. And again, right, none of them are fucking Gore Vidal. <laughs> um, it's funny to think. But, yeah. And my perspective. But it's a, but there's something like highfalutin about it, right? Yeah. Like somehow, like, you know, like. I don't know. Does Doonesbury get like the respect he deserves? Like, I don't. I'm, I don't know. I've never analyzed Harry it. Fucking the, that, that guy. Does he get compared to fucking? I know that he would probably Mark be. Twain? I know that the Doonesbury guy would probably have uh, if it was if it was a, a a written political column. I bet you it could be the longest running political column. I mean, technically, it kind of is just a political cartoon that's a little bit more cartoon than political. But yeah, I mean. Who's talking to that guy? Who's like talking to the Doonesbury guy? Because everyone fucking knows the Doonesbury guy. Doonesbury guy, if you hear this, get at me. I'll get at you. Don't worry. A little bit of time. I'll track you down. We're going to tweet this at you. Yeah, I'm going to. Doonesbury guy. Okay, I'm going to use this. will be a 30 second clip starting now. He won't hear anything but this. Hello, Doonesbury man. Um, I I will do further research and find out your name after I say this thing. I still have, let's see, 20 seconds left. Doonesbury man, I, I will interview you. I will say anything that you want me to say. However, here is the thing. You have to explain to me um, what your comic is about because I'm not sure. It's political. I know, but I'm not sure at all about what it's trying to say. That's all I have to say. Thank you. It's slice of life. It's oh. slice of life. My That's co-host, my, my co-host says that it's slice of life. She would also like to ask a question. Doonesbury man. She would like to ask you a question. This is the first question she will ask you when we conduct a professional interview at a later date. Here we go. I don't remember what it was. Kathy would like to ask you. It? Oh, why don't they compare you to Mark Twain or do they? And if they do, how do you feel about it? Please. Uh, Doonesbury man, when we at you and we send you this, I know that you're going to think, wow, this is silly. These people only have three episodes in their podcast. One of them is episode zero. See, we're funny too. I, I promise you just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I promise you just grant us this interview and we will be doing both each other. We'll, we'll, exchange, we'll be exchanging favors here. I'll teach you a little bit about political cartoons from now, and you can teach me a little bit about political cartoons that are still in my local newspaper. And then you can tell me about well, all I that. Mean, and I, I can talk about political cartoons that were made by like Mexican woodcutter artists back then, in like the 1880s. Like, and, oh, we can talk about that shit. Mm-hmm. And then Kathy's going to ask you a lot of really good questions, and you'll, it'll get written up in uh, the New York Times. It will eventually. We'll write it first online, and then they'll like co-opt it or something. Or no, we'll send it out. Oh to man, they're gonna they're gonna take really cool pictures of us for the New York. It'll Times. be New York Times Magazine, actually. Um, the magazine section because Doonesbury Man doesn't rate, but he is a long time. He's like uh, the the magazine is like the Lifetime Achievement Award for writers. Essentially, like if the ki- article's been kicking around for too long, they attach a little photo to it to make you feel better, and they put it in the magazine, which only subscribers read. As a subscriber, I can say this. I'm only insulting myself, and I'm also insulting the writers that put the stuff in the magazine. I actually like, but most of the time, I was going to tell you, New York Times, chop up that magazine and just stick it into the paper. You don't need a magazine anymore. But that's just me. Um, uh, just make the I paper a little bit bigger. I canceled my subscription to the uh, Albuquerque Journal, but they are still sending me the New York Times. Don't ever call them back, because they'll find out. <laughs> They'll be like sending you that paper. They'll be sending that paper to that address wherever you are forever. For whoever whoever lives there will always receive the paper. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's 
Nice. I mean, I wish I had a subscription. I feel like that's all the the people left receiving the paper in my city. I recently looked at the circulation numbers, and it's like 16,000 because they have to print it every once in a while. And that means that my local paper in a city of in an, uh, there's well over a quarter of a million people living. No one is reading the paper. No one. And I bet you, and I feel like all the addresses left must be those where they're just sending it to like some address that nobody is even getting it anymore. So like, so like, I mean, and I, I, I don't like admitting that I subscribe to the Albuquerque Journal because I don't respect them as a newspaper. Yeah, I don't respect, like, I, to be I clear, need... uh, uh, my local paper, um, the Fort Myers News Press, I disrespect you. I disrespect your article choices, the views, editors that you choose. Um, I do love a lot of your editors, and I do love um, your presentational style. However, um, a lot of your content is uh, confusing as a person who reads the newspaper. It feels like it's from a paper about 20 years ago. That's all I'm saying. I feel like I, I want to block the journalists from the Albuquerque Journal, but like I feel like I don't want to punish them for where they work at the same time. Like, I feel like I just should. I, I might go do that after this. Actually. <laughs> like, I'm going to like, uh, yeah, maybe that's what you should cure it. Yeah. I'm going to start I'm, every time I do like, uh, like, like Chapo used to do the duck hunt when they were brave at the beginning of the first few episodes. Like whenever we do something like that, I'm going to go block all those people, except for Doonesbury man, Doonesbury man. I am going to contact you and we're going to have a lovely discussion. All three of us. And uh, we respect you. We do respect. I sure. that's the, I respect cartoonists. That's my new posting yeah. handle. I'm going to put that on. After this. <laughs> I all one word. I respect cartoonists. Um, and uh, Doonesbury man, please. Some. I, feel I like, respect. I feel like they have to earn it. I respect uh, Doonesbury man is on the first list. He's the first on the list of people. And I only respect him because he's been wise as to not make clear uh, anything about the comic. <laughs> It's all unclear, so you never know if you're like. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Oh Lord, Dunes Berryman, I will interview you. It will happen. It's just a matter of time. If you say it enough, it'll happen. It's just like the secret. Um, I, I really liked Doonesbury Man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really worked. That really worked for he'll, me. He'll, he'll definitely... I, I do like to call him Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man, yes. Uh, Superman. Batman. I'm a huge fan of Batman. Batman. I like Grenades. I think Grenades are very funny. Uh <laughs> Uh, anything I, you'll, you'll learn over time that I have a secret vocabulary of words I only use with my friends, but, um, apparently we're friends now cause I'm starting to use them. So, I uh, mean, we, we have to be friends cause otherwise <laughs> we would have never really started this podcast. I feel like, again, like it's just, it's also just the way, you know, a weirdo on the internet, you just mm-hmm. go, that's, that's my people right there. Yes, I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's very true. We've each uh, we've each found the perfect podcast partner to prevent um, production errors. I was trying to go a little more alliterative there, but I couldn't make it to the finish. It's okay. No, no. I mean, we're working on it. You know, we're still we're still get we're still you know working the let out. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I need to be able to go full alliterative at any point. I'm going to start working on my flow. I'm going to have to. 
<laughs> write a few more. Or out. rehearsing it. Exactly. Yeah, no, you gotta you see. You, no, see, like if there's one thing I know, it's like every rapper has a rap notebook. You need to be I, practicing. I actually, practicing. I have, I have notes. I do, and I have. I started. I, I wrote a diss rap over the weekend. I'm not even kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to. I, what I want to do is I want to like learn from the process of creation. Like specifically, the reason that I, I dove so deep and spent so much time specifically on the creation of hip hop is because I find that they are a microcosm of. It's as if the a creative world, uh, hip hop artists created a world that simply didn't exist um, in their space, and they did everything all on their own. And it's it's incredible to me how unrecognized the hip hop world is compared to punk, compared to many other uh, musical movements that came out the same era that came out of essentially trying just saying like fuck it, we're just gonna do it, goddamn, we're just gonna fucking do it. Like, um, and I just okay. Did you see Rhythm and Flow? I had to go look up the title. No, Rhythm and Flow. No, it's up. on Netflix. It is Ti, Cardi B, and Chance the Rapper, Sweet. and they are doing a a, a American Idol, The Voice type of competition. Oh, sick. To find, yeah, no, it, it, and so first of all, like, okay, so first of all, it's like a competition show, like it absolutely tickles me, right? Like, I mm-hmm. love this shit. So um, I one of the reasons I love watching competition shows, like, like this one or like Project Runway or The Great British Baking Show, doesn't matter what it is, uh, even the new Yankee Workshop, if you will <laughs> indulge me, um, is because I love seeing people doing their craft. I, I find it's also why I loved Bob Ross. Oh yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, see, I, I'm I'm putting a lot into this into this particular category. Right, I'm taking notes. And this particular category is people who are good at their craft, right? And so, mm-hmm. rhythm and flow. You have these three amazing rap rappers who are judges. Right. And they're being like, it's very American Idol. So it's like, I'm like the best one in Detroit. Right. And then like, I'm the best one in L.A. Right. Like I'm here rep in New York. Yeah. Right. So like they presumably went to all these locations and I don't really remember all of it. I think the first couple of episodes were about like they were all going around like, hey, I got a friend and we're going to go visit Missy Elliott and I'll bet she knows what's up. And then she's cool. like, yeah, let me introduce you to the up and comers. That's what I seem to remember. It's Sweet. been some time and I watched it during the pandemic. So again, like like mem- there's lots of memory mm-hmm. holes there. Um, but that's what I seem to remember in the first couple of episodes. And so finally they bring them all together and they're like, okay, like, um, you know, they have like head to heads and they like give them like feedback, like no youngster, like you're still a little too unsure of your raps. You need to go back and like really you know, really sell it to I us, need to watch right? That, like they yeah. give them like all this constructive feedback and stuff. Um, but like, it was, it was also like, I mean, I, when I was in law school, I was, I was listening to a lot of, um, uh, speeches, recorded speeches. Um, not just like, and I was also listening to like a lot of recorded oral arguments, even though like, like even beyond what was assigned to me for homework, mm. but I would just like listen to like a Churchill speech. Wow. It wasn't assigned to me. I would just yeah. do it because I wanted to hear the kind of, you know, their, their rhythm, like their the flow. How yeah. are they saying? What are they doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we must go forwards, not backwards. Right. <laughs> I have towards freedom, all those things. And I, yeah, watching hip hop evolution as I was doing, I was studying a lot of, I had never, even being a huge hip hop fan, like my whole life, I never studied 
um, like construction of flow and like how that actually works and how rhythmically um, almost like the flow of a song and the intonation in the words and stuff like that is almost more important than the lyrical content itself, especially to like making a single, um, especially because you need to have the thing that like makes the person nod their head specifically. And that's not always the words. It's usually not the words are cool, but the words aren't the thing that gets people into the song. And I, I, but the words can add to that. And I, I found that in the songs I was watching as the artists were, you know, clips of them making them or whatever, the moment when they found the moment in the song that was perfect, they were just making another song. They weren't like, that's the moment. We're going to get it. This is the moment when, you know, Tupac says this. This is the moment when Biggie goes, you know, and says, you know, Super Nintendo Sega Genesis for the first time or whatever in the song. And, like, um, I've, I've found that um, hmm. I've found that to not only uh, change the way that I see, like, creative construction, especially of, like, word and word flows and stuff like that, but I've also, uh, what's the way to put it? I've found that... Uh, some of the greatest in constructing those flows, a lot of those things come from top of mind. And I found that, in, especially in this podcast, that a lot of the greatest ideas can only come across, or a lot of the most interesting ideas that you could use in a conversation can only come across when you're in conversation with another person, which is why I do another podcast with where I'm essentially just talking to myself or a virtual person that's sitting in front of me, you, the listener, if you're at home. Um, and uh, this is different in my mind better just to neg my own podcast but you can listen to it if you want to it's a completely different podcast it's not supposed to be the same thing um but uh, this is only something that can be achieved like working with other people you can only achieve something like this what i feel like this podcast is and what this podcast will be by doing what we're doing which is um working together which i realized by watching that documentary and that is also what is happening with keeping up with the kardashians mm-hmm it's improvisational, yeah. right? They like the, whatever script, whatever scripted aspects or constrained aspects, maybe is the better word. They are still allowed to be them, and they know each right? other so like, intimately that they can also fake intimacy because, or when they need to, because they know what they're really like underneath the layers. So they know, like, if someone's saying something unnaturally, it's to cue them to like complete the layup, essentially. Yeah. Um, I almost, and it feels yeah. like that's what like we give all this praise to like Joaquin Phoenix for for being like a method <laughs> actor. Like, yeah. ooh, he's really yeah. embodying the yeah. part. Nope. Like, what? No, like, thank you, Joaquin. Uh, sorry about your brother. Not but, to talk shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking shit either. No, you know? Joaquin Phoenix is completely fine. All that, but. Yes, the only person I'll tell you this: the only the only actor out there that I might really care about if he heard, and I might say something, and I wouldn't ever say anything mean about him. But the only person who I would. Uh, um, let's see. Richard Dreyfus for me. <laughs> uh, let's see. I just want to, uh, Rami Malek, Rami Malek. I would care about Rami Malek only because of Mr. Robot. I know he put his heart and soul into that and he did it just for me. Well, cause I know that the show was written just for me, not for me specifically, but for the person who is me. The archetype that is me in the viewership. You are dialogue. the audience. I am you the audience. The I am audience. the. I am literally like everything every character says. I already like knew those things. They were made for me to listen to and watch. The author of the screenplay, um, uh, Sam Esmail, he he knew all those things. That's why he wrote and directed it personally because he knew everything had to be exactly the way that it had to be. 
Um, brilliant show. Highly recommend it. Highly influenced my writing style, which you haven't seen. No one has seen yet, really, but uh, eventually. One day. I, I never saw the show, so now I'm interested. Yeah, it definitely had a big. I've seen it through twice. Um, maybe, oh, three times, maybe in some parts. But uh, excellent, excellent show. Um, excellent uh, demonstration of how you can get a, a message that we might agree with across in a television show without uh, network executives figuring it out. Is what I would say. I like that. I like the razzle dazzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's excellent at that, um, and it's very it's very flashy. Yes, like you said, in the way that it's. Uh, Gets, it got viewership, so it could run for four seasons and end at its desired end date, which is great. That's why it's so good, I think. Um, so I originally, I, <laughs> to, to, to go back, uh, now that we're talking about fictional television, about reality, sort of, um, I was going to ask you just um, at the clock of one hour and 39 minutes, <laughs> I guess maybe this is like an epilogue to the episode or something, but... Um, I, I just wanted to discuss like uh, what kinds of things are we've seen um just a quick like oversight i just wanted to get to that we can do that at the end well i don't know if we can save that for the end because it opens up so many doors uh and then i had some other questions but those all tie into there unless you want to open something but how about this well yeah well you you go ahead what do you what are you thinking yeah i was gonna say well i mean i could i could maybe like run through like a laundry list okay yeah um you, you know, so yeah, like I mean, so so like in the in like the reality TV competition realm, right? Like I feel like I've seen a good smattering. Okay. I did used to watch a little, like the first few seasons of American Idol were very compelling. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, like that kind I of shit, and again, like the the competition shit. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, by the way, let me just also say, Star Search. Re- um, oh yeah, that was the, the OG competition show. Um, right? I've actually heard um, that there's a good book about that, but I had on. Just write that down, Star. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll I'll talk tons about Star Search. Okay, cool. uh, you know, and again, like as a yeah, so yeah, anyway, so like the American Idol type of shows, like I've I've liked those. I never like like I I, I feel like I've always been a very casual watcher of them. Like I wasn't like a super fan. At the same time, like I liked them. Like I wasn't like, eh, this is like some stupid shit that's on TV. I guess I'll watch it. I was like, no, I'm I'm excited to watch this. Cool. Because like I, you because you can always change the channel. Yeah. Fucking dipshits, right? So like, um, I did watch a lot of uh, American Ninja Warrior, um, and some of those related ones. Like there was that one that was like Japanese where they dressed up in like funny costumes and they had like oh, weird MXC. courses. Yeah, MXC, Thank which you. is which is a, a, a an American kind of transliteration, localization kind of of uh, Takeshi's Castle. Uh, I believe is that that's what it, it's I, I mean, I don't yeah. even remember, so, but like that shit was sick. Like it was the same um, thing. Yeah, it's it's a. There was like one. There yeah, was like a Japanese more wholesome one on ABC called like Wipeout. Yes, that one was boring. Yeah, that was like I uh, didn't like it. That was like summer oh six oh seven oh eight. I want to say they did them. It was it originally started as an Australian show. Who you know thought of their you know they're really they they love some water sports over there. So they got way into uh, that, and then it became I came over here. But um, summertime program. We are absolutely going to have to bring up Fear Factor. I, I did watch Fear Factor. Yes, um, we are Joe Rogan, right? You know, and uh, Joe Rogan, and of course, we're going to have to bring up The Apprentice. Yes, we, um, I, I, because, I need you know, to watch. What I, that gave us. I need. I think I might need to watch like Omarosa. all of that. I can stomach. Yeah. Um, um. And you know, I mean, and that was um, 
you know, and but again, like like you know, I mean, and I, I say again because I feel like you and I have chatted a little bit about it, but like the Trump simulacra has always been there too. Like it wasn't just The Apprentice. Like he had that like he had that weird board game back in the day. It was called Trump. Do you, I don't know if you were. It was like a fake Monopoly. I say it was like a oh my god you need to Google it it was fucking nuts I had it we Making had it notes. As a, as like Making as a, notes and like it was like a tabletop game it's nuts <laughs> okay it's nuts um anyway so yeah so those um again I, I already mentioned Antiques Roadshow I already mentioned the new Yankee Workshop that's why I also love those fucking YouTube videos of like we're here to like fucking restore this old lock or whatever yeah love that shit i watched a lot it's of like that my asthma and yeah i watched shit. a lot of that with my dad when i was growing up like we would watch that on um i don't know like sundays or whatever um you know, a lot of those like home then, construction like, bob vila um, and all that stuff yeah yes yes oh i was so envious i was always like i want to know how to use a circular saw <sighs> What's yeah. a what's a jigsaw? Wait, wait, wait. What's what's that little stupid thing he has? Like I oh my god. And then yeah. like whenever they brought out the like old school planer. The planer. I yeah. Oh. I would lose it. Yeah. And the lathe? Oh my god, the yeah, lathe, the, lathe. On the new Yankee workshop. Oh yeah. The, the, I mean, I'm telling you if you're running a kids show out there, um Maybe you are. Maybe you're listening to this 10 years from now and you're just thinking to yourself, wow, I'm running a kid's show. What do I need? Just uh, go get film of a lathe. You don't have to have kids operate it, clearly, but just give them footage of it. They'll love oh. it. They'll lose their damn minds. Um, what, see, watch them turn a, a square block into a table leg. They'll lose their shit. <laughs> I, 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 once, uh, uh, I, I have downloaded, legally, of course, mm-hmm. every season of How It's Made. That's incredible. That's an accomplishment for your bandwidth cap. All I have seen, like all of them, yeah, like because they would just they like they were just like this thing. I would put them on while I was yeah. like doing laundry. I would like use it very much so as this like whole meditative thing. Yeah. I loved the yeah. dude's voice. Oh yeah, where he was like, and then we're gonna put a widget in the wadget, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then every once in a while, like they'd be like, oh, and here we go, putting it into the kiln. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Let me put this dish down. I really need to go over to the TV and see yeah. what's happening. Like, right are we now. doing lost right? wax like here? Are we doing shit? lost wax? Because if we're doing lost wax, then I'm in. Like, I'm in. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> so, like, that shit. Oh, my God. I, again, I consider that. And then a lot of, like, true crime. Um, I love the we, – we've talked about a little bit about, like, the Unsolved Mysteries, the forensic files, the FBI files. Mm-hmm. But I'm also yeah, yeah. a big fan of the, like, Lifetime movie versions of those, right? Which oh, are, yeah, like, yeah. Um, they're still the same thing. They're, like, reenactments and shit, you know? But it's, like, you know, danger next door. And it's, like, just, like, a series of, like, neighbors killing you or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, that shit. Oh, I love that shit. Um, yes. I'm, I'm and then – uh, uh, just like two days ago and how could I have forgotten or like just a few days ago I was at a friend's house who like me is a dipshit about this stuff and she was like uh, you need to watch uh, uh, Pam and Tommy Oh, and so I think it's like on Netflix or it's on mm-hmm. Hulu. I don't know. She put it on. She just did a thing because she just went to her recently watched. And she's like we're starting this over um, and it's like a you know, it's, I guess it's a little bit like that OJ one with uh, John Travolta, where it was um, like it's like all based on a true story. Yes, uh, but that like kind we're, of we're kind of like yeah. flowing out of who the main character. The Anthony Cunanan like, one really was OJ. the most. The Anthony Cunanan one was terrifying and also the most 
of those, that was the most like, I, I'm like damaged by seeing this. I feel like that someone, okay, someone recently asked me, no, was it the scariest horror movie I've ever seen? Was that the last episode or were we recently? Okay, that, just that, just that. The Anthony Cunanan real true crime documentary fucking put that thing at the top. Those real uh, American Horror Story guys made it. And that thing is the scariest thing they've ever fucking made. By far, put anything terrible, creatures, demons, witches, some all that shit, put all of that below Anthony Cunan in that documentary, or that dramatization, rather, by the, whatever their names are, the brothers. Incredible. Uh, so, yeah, the Tam and pa- the, the, the Pam and Tommy one, okay. you need to, yeah, you, I, like, I want to find it. Like, I've been, I, I've had a pretty busy weekend and stuff, so, like, yeah. I haven't seen a heck of a whole lot of tv but like i've got a pretty light week this week so i'm actually looking forward to like while i'm doing like email and shit this week i can just yeah put on dumb shit like that and it'll be okay sweet and if i can also highly recommend if you're into that brand of entertainment i would also recommend uh the act if you haven't seen that uh, about uh, gypsy rose blanchard Uh, it's the it's the dramatization of the documentary uh, mommy dead and dearest it was an hbo documentary no i'll look it up um well i don't want to spoil it uh, well, no, don't, you, re, re, don't, don't. We, we're the audience will enjoy it going. together, <laughs> and I'll probably try to watch it too, again too at some point. Maybe we'll say like when we get to it. But um, uh, it's an incredible. We do have tale. to get a, Yeah, and we do have to get a Google Doc going. Yes, we do. Um, of like these lists, I, I, maybe I just add it to our. It's going to start with the photo of the cover of this New York Times for Kids section that I've been writing on. All the, I've been writing in all the blue lines, all my notes. I'm a very professional note taker. Um, no, I, I totally have like an actual notebook. Oh, I have a notebook too. I for some reason just been declined to write in it, but I'll get back there. No, just just you can just like yeah, you like collage it. It'll be like. Um, no, it's going to be cool. Like, yeah. then, you know, these notes are going to go into, like, you know, we're going to have to donate these to Princeton and shit one of these days. You oh, know? yeah. I need to know. I, yeah, exactly. And I need everyone out there in the public to know that when I wrote down Rick Rubin in here, I was thinking of the hip hop documentary that I was just watching. And I was referring to the fact that I think that I will look like Rick Rubin when my hair grays. And uh, I don't know if I like that. So, but that's, that's I, I what think, I was thinking. I think lean into it. I think, you know, I think it's a good look. Mm-hmm. You know, because he he looks like really badass standing next to Neil Diamond. Have you have you heard the Neil Diamond Rick Rubin sessions? No, but run, I run. Do not walk. They're sick. Okay. I I mean, and I say this because I also love Neil Diamond. Also, but like you, you can hear Rick Rubin's Rick Rubin sessions. You can hear his beautiful voice in um, "We Are the World" nineteen eighties or nineteen nineties version or whatever. Back in the background somewhere, you can hear him faintly like, go, "We are the world." Next to MC Hammer, can't remember who's next to him. One of his Def Jam guys. Um, let's huh. see. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that just made me think that recently in conversation with some pals, we were talking about our favorite slogans, mm-hmm. and we were mostly talking about like brand slogans, right? Like Coke. It's the real thing. It's the real thing. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Oh, you, but then we started getting into political slogans, and then we were like, "Well, but wait, there was like some overlap because like, where's the beef?" Was a Wendy's yes. 
thing. And then it turned into like something about the Fed. Or I some can't shit. even remember I who. Remember. I can't even remember what politician or what side was co-opting it. But I do remember being like, "Where's the beef?" Because they're like, well, "Here's all this money you're spending. Where's the thing?" Was their argument they were making at the time. But I don't even remember like what it was over or whatever. But yeah. I, as, a, as a child, I remember a resurgence of where's the beef and thinking like, oh, that thing from like Burger King or Wendy's, 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 the Wendy's, uh, the Wendy's. Yeah, it was like coming back. I was like, oh, I remember those funny commercials with the old lady or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's a mediated reality. They're yeah. wagging the dog, which is another movie that I thought of putting on the list. What's the actor? Uh, uh, the actor uh, who's in uh, it was Hoffman. Hoffman. I think it was Hoffman. Yeah, it was Hoffman, yeah. Dustin, yep. Dusty, Old as Dusty I call Hoffman, him. Yeah. Did you know him growing up? Uh, the- not personally, <laughs> okay. no. But you know, I mean, no, you, you know, he was, he, you know, he was just. No, he definitely yeah. formed like you know, because I mean, like like uh, I mean, The Graduate, right? Like I mean, I was like, but he's so cute. He's oh so yeah, cute. And the, oh, and then uh, Dustin, the the other the other thing that Dustin did to win my heart was he also um, he played Lenny Bruce in um in that biopic which was uh Bob Fosse Fosse's Fosse's biopic of Lenny Bruce that was Dustin Hoffman let me tell you both of those roles together absolutely like has shaped this whole deal whatever whatever this whole deal really really okay yeah, no, and and yeah, and then like other people, I should probably be embarrassed about like Conan O'Brien and shit like that. But you know, yeah, I I definitely uh, I say I say R Dove instead of Robert Duvall because that's the kind of respect that I give him. That's the only thing I can come up with off the top of my head. But um, everyone... well, me and Dickie Dreyfus too. I love Dickie Dreyfus. Was he the guy? In was Robert Duvall in THX eleven thirty eight? Was he that guy, or am I thinking of another actor of that era? Let's look it up. That white room. Yeah, I don't have. Let me see here. I want to know right now. Robert. 45 more. My goodness. Let's see. Why is this so? Yes. (laughs) Donald Pleasance is the other one. Yes. And who is the. um... Yeah, he was in THX 1138. Donald Pleasance. My guy. Jeez. Anyway, I'm sure that that definitely yeah. wraps us up. I'm sure we've covered uh, infinite bases. Here. Yeah, no, we've covered quite a bit today. No, what we really need to do more than anything, our homework for this week, yes, is to really fill out this Google Doc. Yes, we will do that. What we what we've each seen, what we each want to see, mm-hmm. um, and like keep that as like a running list of like oh shit to talk about, and then like things that we can hopefully start to riff tracks together Absolutely. right in that like venn diagram of neither of, well i mean and maybe even we have seen it i don't care because we like we yeah. didn't even get to flavor of love today you know and when they're doing riff tracks in mystery science theater for the audience who may be unaware they've watched the movie seven or eight times by the time they do that so we're allowed to watch twice i think if we want <laughs> One, once on the fly we're ready we're here to improv <laughs> yeah. this is reality reality exactly and that would be maybe. even better knowing that we're not uh full of shit makes it even funnier right so <laughs> oh 
They're here along with us. They're here for the ride. They're here. They're here for the feeling of being here with us. And they would be, and they are They're Isn't it great? We're even like, I love this. We're even, uh, we were telling them about our homework. Um, we're giving them homework. Ideally you could be watching or doing any of these things with us to enjoy the conversation. And, uh, we don't really have a way to communicate with us yet other than uh, yelling at us online. But then again, if you're already listening to this, that's probably the only way you found it. So you already know how to get to us. Yeah, I, I actually haven't. I, I've been so busy. I haven't even posted it on my Facebook. So I'm really excited to like go over there and oh, now cool. share this with all of the people I know IRL, which is also kind of scary. Because they'll yeah. be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, just the same stupid shit I always talk about. That's Pretend what I- we're at the bar. We'll <laughs> exactly. I've already exposed everyone to my life. Uh, about it and uh my dad says cool that was his response and then a couple weeks ago he was like uh my other podcast he sent a message and he was like hey haven't heard your voice in a couple weeks is it what are you what are you up to and i was like wow okay like my first needy fan is like my dad who's like definitely yeah i love it (laughs) it's like this is the 15 year old bothering the twitch streamer is my 65-year-old father <laughs> yeah, trying to bother me for more episodes of my podcast, which I'm pretty sure that uh, he must love listening to. So, um, all right. But that that has been it for us today, unless there's anything else you'd like to cover. Okay. Kathy. Good um, for now. Thank you for joining me. Brian. I am Brian. Thank you for reminding me what my name was. I was having a moment there. And uh, this has been, um, what's the name of the podcast? Reality Issues. This has been episode two of Reality Issues. <laughs> And we will see you next time.